0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to the second act entrepreneur show this week. We are talking about what happens when you are floating aimlessly, trying to figure out what your next act of your career is going to be. And you are totally disconnected from your purpose. I have brought on a special guest. His name is Scott Perry and Scott is known as the encore life coach, meaning the encore preneur that's his term. Um, so people that are moving into, that second career, that second entrepreneurship option after having a full on career. And he is the person that helps you find fulfillment meaning and make a difference and a living in your life's third act. He calls it the third act. I call it the second act. It's basically the same thing. And he has brought wisdom wit and humor to this interview. And I think you're going to be inspired. Before we dive into the interview, I do want to let you know that if you're struggling with the business and marketing side of coming up with, you know, how to promote what you're doing and promote your business, um, you may be missing a plan. And a lot of times I'll work with entrepreneurs and people moving into entrepreneurship and they're not, um, used, to having to fulfill all the different roles that were previously fulfilled by other people on their team or in their organization. So I put together a resource for you and it is called, um, the five, I think it's five steps to a profitable marketing strategy. And what it does is it walks you through creating a plan. So we're getting ready to move into Q4. And with that in mind, you may be thinking, Oh, it's too late. I can't have a good year this year. Well, most people, um, as entrepreneurs do really good business at the end of the year. And it's because they are, maybe haven't met their goals or they kick their butt into high gear or whatever it might be. So it's not too late to not only plan for Q4, but then to use the strategy plan to plan out for next year. And that just puts you 10 paces ahead of your comp- competitors in planning out your marketing. So if you want to grab that guide and work out your strategy for not only the rest of this year, but into next year, head over to my website at alisaconner.com forward slash strategy dash guide, and download that free resource. It's going to give you the five steps you need to follow for any strategy in your business, specifically marketing, and get you on the road to, um, having a plan that you can follow, taking small action, which we're going to get to in just a minute in uh, this interview and, uh, move you further towards your goals and your accomplishments and leaving your legacy. So without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Scott Perry. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, And probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. This is why each week on the second act entrepreneur show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are going to help you create a profitable business. So you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the second act entrepreneur show. So, if you will help me welcome Scott Perry to the second act entrepreneur show. Hello Scott, how are you?
1: I am doing fantastic, Alisa. It is so good to be here spending some time with you today.
0: I am so um, excited that you're here and I'm really excited that we were able to connect on LinkedIn. Um so before we dive into the interview, would you tell my audience a little about a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you
1: help? Sure. Um, well, first things first. I am a husband and a father and a teacher from Floyd, Virginia, a little town in southwestern Virginia that's close to Virginia Tech. If people know where that is, um, I primarily made a living as a musician for almost all of my adult life. And in the last six years, as I was uh, under contract as a head coach in Seth Godin's Akimba workshops, I built this thing called Creative on Purpose, and. Under that banner, I am currently an Encore Life Coach. I have a program called The Art of Encore Living, and what I'm doing is helping people that are in or entering midlife reconnect with their soul's true calling and turning that into a part-time online lifestyle business that is fulfilling, uh, fun, and helps fund their retirement.
0: Love that. So in this world, we call those people second act entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They have done exactly what you said, which is they've had a full on career in some other capacity, sometimes more than one career. And then they take that skill set and they plug it into their second act. Um, So that's why I thought it was such a great opportunity to have you on. Um, And I like to dive right into purpose, because I think a lot of times when people are moving into this um, second act, you I think you call it the third act. So either way, that second phase of their life where they're moving past raising kids and having whatever career they entered into from say their 20s or 30s, they somewhere along the way, we lose track of our purpose and who we're meant to be and what we're supposed to be do, we're doing while we're here on this planet. So what is the first thing you would tell people when they come to you and they're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to uncover or excavate where my purpose is at this point. What would you what would you share with them?
1: Well, it's a great question. Uh, And I would, the first thing that I would tell anybody that is experiencing that kind of angst about, you know, my role is, uh, you know, raising a family or making a living is is nearing its end. And I don't, I don't know who I am outside of those roles. First thing I would say is it's not your fault because you've actually, you know, although I do believe um, that we are all born with a a dharma in the yoga tradition or a purpose in the Western tradition. Um, You know, we have a a unique talent or gift that we are meant to live into and live through. Uh, We live in a culture, especially here in, in the United States, where we are... Uh, and cultured to you know first by parents and peers to and then in in school and and then in occupation to uh, follow follow a roadmap that's serving somebody else's needs and not our own that's serving something else's purpose and not our own and it, we can go through all of that, and many people do feel a sense of you know. Purpose and vocation as they're raising their family. I, I certainly hope so. And as they're engaged in in their career, um, and in the second half of life, we have this glorious opportunity to you know hit the pause button and reflect back on you know what what was what was the thing I was born for, uh, and how can I now in this second act or, or third act of life, depending on what terminology you want to use how can i how can i live into that and i always you know when people come to me they are in some way shape or form saying you know i i i don't know what i'm supposed to do but i i have this you know my life is speaking to me and i always say yes because your life has been wanting to speak through you for some time so there's lots of ways that you can you know go about reconnecting with your what i call your soul's um true uh, vocation. One of the tools that, that I use is a Venn diagram where we talk about like let's let's get back to who you really are, what you're really good at, and where you really belong. Who you really are are your core values, the guiding principles by which you live your life, the things upon which you will not equivocate, uh, the vision of the world that you would like to co-create. What you're really good at, you can definitely lean on the hard skills that you learned in school and on the job and of course you know the the soft skills of human to human connection and creation collaboration communication but there's also this gift this unique thing this talent that you were born with uh and we have some surveys and some things that you can do to define those things who your values and your talents and then then the gig is, well, where do I belong? Where are the people who share my values and need my talents to enhance their lives? And at the intersection of that is where your soul's true purpose, calling, vocation can be found. Um, And just to give another quick, quick way of thinking about that, in Western civilization, we are often very outward facing. We are paying attention to our becoming Uh, And we are often attached to, you know, some sort of aspiration out there in the future. And of course, you know, we have collided enough with Eastern um, spiritual and philosophical traditions to know that it's also a matter of the being, the, the presence, the mindfulness. But I think if you look back at what you've been, and one of the exercises I take people through is, let's pull out a picture of you at... Age five, and let's look at that picture and reflect back on you know what were what what did that person love to do what what lit them up what are the things that absorbed them and so, so much that they lost track of time uh, what filled them with awe and wonder uh, you know what were the things that you just really enjoyed doing and oftentimes people can really reconnect with you know that moment before they were corrupted by institutionalized education and occupation and and start to come up with some really fascinating ideas about like what might my, my soul's calling might actually be.
0: I love that. And I love that you use a visual in there because I lo- I think a lot of times we get in this mode, it almost becomes where we beat ourselves up. We're like, why, why can't I figure out my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? And you're just sitting there and you're going in a circle, going in a circle. And we have had a lot of life between age five, and where we are now. So let's just say 50. You know, 50 ish, 40, late 40s, early 50s. And so when you're looking back on that, you can often just say, to, you know, you can get into the mode of beating yourself up where you're like, I don't know what it is. I don't remember what those things are. Um, and so I like the idea of using a visual to reignite that part of your brain. But if somebody's stuck, because as you said, you know, we spend a lot of time looking out into the world and I, you know, I've been there and I'm sure you've been there. And a lot of people listening also engage in compare Schlager. So if you're not familiar with what compare Schlager is, it's a term that I use all the time that it's basically, you're just sitting there. If you think about when you're in college and you're taking shots of Jägermeister or something nasty like that, and you're just like, you're to the point of oblivion because everybody's been there at some point. And, but you're doing it with with comparing yourself to others. And so if you're in that mode of like, I should be further along, I should have this much in my retirement, I, you know, the, the shooting on yourself, which we should never do. How do you pull yourself out of that mindset? And how do you ask the question mindfully? And also in a way that isn't, you know, going to feed the ego to get to uncover that. If you're really stuck and you can't figure out, okay, well, when I was five, I did like I like to color. Well, so does that mean you go out and become an artist? <laughs> like, how do you uncover that a little bit more on your own, so that you have a starting place when people would come to work with you? What What would you tell people?
1: Yeah, well, there's there's some great uh, resources out there. I'd th- I love David Brooks's book, The Second Mountain, which talks about the the first half and second half of life as as mountain journeys. Um, Dr., there's, uh, I'm forgetting his first name, but there's a, a, some, a a, a Jungian analyst that uh, publishes on Sounds True, um, that's written, uh, his last name is Ellis, that's written some great books on the the two acts of life. uh, And, you know, the, the shared ideas are that the first half of life is the time when you are forging your identity based on how you measure up to society, to external expectations, and, and validating yourself by how you measure up. And the second half of life, oftentimes, you enter this new way of being because of some sort of catastrophe or crisis that you've gone through. And so, you know, people that are tuning in can probably probably have experienced or know people that have experienced, you know, some sort of Profound loss, whether it's an actual death or um, just the end of a, a intimate relationship, um, could, loss of career, uh, lo- loss of health, what have you. Those moments almost are moments where you could be broken and remain broken or become broken and, and become broken open and you're just, and that was my experience was just, you know, hitting the absolute bottom and emerging, you know, with a much more open heart and a much more expansive view of who I am and what I'm here to do, and if if you you haven't experienced it that way, and I hope I hope you can avoid that, but m- most of us won't. Um, you know, the, the 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 thing to to think about is, you know, what has chasing society's carrots really got you. If, you know, I work with many people who are incredibly successful based on the usual measurements of status, salary, and stuff, and yet they are profoundly unhappy. And I guess what I would share with listeners is if that sounds familiar, you have to remember that Although, know, fame and fortune are amplifiers. If you were an unhappy person before you were famous and, and for, uh, fortunate, you will be an even more unhappy person as fame and fortune comes your way. And if you were a person that was generally happy, it will a- amplify that. But because of this idea that society is always pulling us away from ourselves, you, you know, very few of us can, can do the traditional path. And feel really happy. So, I, I love that scene uh, in the Tom Hanks movie um, Bridge of Spies or something like that, where the Russian spy has got caught and, and he's a uh, you know it's very dire. His his out his future is very dire indeed, and he's completely nonplussed by it. And Tom Hanks keeps saying, "Why aren't you worried? Why aren't you worried?" And and he, his response is, "Would it help?" And so, you know, that's kind of the same idea. It's like if if you're unhappy doing what you're doing, why do you continue to do the same thing day after day after day? Why not just imagine for a moment that there is another possibility for you to step into? And just take a step, a small step into that possibility every day. And you can shift into a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing yourself, your situation, and others that will you know degree by degree day by day help you find fulfillment and forge a new identity based on who you really are what you're really good at and where you really belong Um, you know very often the Bhagavad Gita which is a spiritual text about all of this from the yoga tradition talks about how you can be living a shadow vocation much of your life you can just be off by a degree or two and you've missed it by just that much but if you are willing to explore the edges of your understanding and abilities and and to you know embrace curiosity and consideration that maybe the way that you're doing it is not the only way then i think you can start to shift your consciousness and shift your activities so that you inform a new mindset and a new way of being in the world
0: yeah so there's a couple of things i really want to go back to about that you just said, and they're so powerful. And the first one, it's going to go back a little ways, but it's when you were talking about you can be broken or you can be broken open. And I just, that was so powerful to me because yes, you can sit in your brokenness and you can stay where you are and you can stay in the past. Like that is your past, or you can be broken open and walk into your future. And that's how I sort of took that was like, wow, that's really a powerful way to look at things is like, yes, you can sit here and you can go through um, physical deaths where you're you're losing people in your life, or even emotional or spiritual even career deaths. And you can stay there and say, Well, this is what I knew this is who I was. Or you can let yourself break open, which um, there's I can't remember exactly which um, philosophy it is, but it, it talks about the vase being put back together. It's Mm. light can come in. And that's kind of what that reminded me of is like, you have to be broken open so that the pieces can be put back together, but the light can still come in and out. And so I, that was really a powerful thing. And I wanted to mention that um, because I didn't want to just gloss over it. I was like, I wanted people to really grasp, like pay attention to that because a lot of times we can sit in our brokenness and that's not doing us any good. It's not doing the world any good. And we have stuff to do. We got shiitake to get done.
1: Um. Well, just, just, just to amplify that a little bit, because I think you're absolutely right. That is a, a really important component. I don't want to dismiss anyone's right to experience the emotion of sadness or grief over a profound loss of some sort. I mean, that it's natural and human to, um, you know, have that emotion and to need to sit with that emotion for a little while. But you know, what most spiritual and philosophical traditions teach us is if you cling to that forever you are complicit in your own suffering and it's the clinging that in you know the clinging to pain that induces our own suffering and you know you you have to experience the grief and and the pain and the loss um and and some of the suffering and at some point if you are able and i think it's great to have you know a therapist in your life or you know amazing friends in your life that can help you with this but you know as you loosen your grasp uh as you um let go of your attachment your ego identity attachments to whatever you're you're being cut away from um then the opportunity to to be broken open and to start to see new possibilities and and be become a more considerate compassionate curious person really emerges
0: right and it in it um Yes, I'm really glad you clarified that because I don't want to dismiss anyone's grief either. That's definitely not my intention. But to stay stuck there um, is—that's where and people do that. If they lose a spouse, you see that oftentimes they'll just continue life as though that person were still there, and they aren't living. They're just waiting to die, which is not a way to live. Um, So, yes, thank you for clarifying that. And I like—I just love the visual of being broken open, so that the new can come. And I I just I really want to emphasize that. So the other thing that you said was I really found fascinating was being off by a degree. So I think a lot of times when we're moving into this transition, and I have lots of people in my life that are um, currently we've got kids that are either graduating or have just graduated. And so we're moving into like that empty nest world. And I hear um, from friends, and I've said myself, you know, I I feel like I'm drifting, like Mm. I'm out in a boat, and I don't know which direction I'm going to go. And I think that the perspective you had of you could just be off by a little degree, is it's sort of soothing, because it's like, you don't have to just go from here, this is what I've done all my life to completely over here on another part of the map. And it reminded me of the story of um, how pilots navigate an airplane. So if you are going from California to New York, and you're off by one degree, you could actually end up end up in Florida. And it's just that one degree over time Mm -hmm. that drifts you over to the wrong location. And so I think when we have our thoughts of, you know, we're really not that far off, if we're just a little bit off, we can um, navigate the course, and we can align ourselves to the right direction we want to go which goes back to you saying, you know, just one step at a time, because that makes it palatable. And I think it also makes it doable for people. They don't, when, when I speak to people often, when they're newer entrepreneurs, they're just like, oh, there's so much to do. And they're walking into the position of having had a team or an organization behind them to do a lot of the things that are now falling on their plate. And that can be really overwhelming but staying in their lane and staying focused towards their goals and just taking consecutive action is going to get them to where they want to go. So I just wanted to um, also go back to that point. So the other piece um, that I find is so fascinating, like I, you're one of my favorite people to follow on social media, just because it's It's refreshing. Um, And I know a lot of people, if you haven't followed Scott, I'm going to put his stuff in the show notes and you guys need to go find him because he just, he really has refreshing upbeat posts. And I think we need more of that in the world. But I notice one of the things that you're really regular about doing in those posts is spending time in contemplation Mm -hmm. in some way or another, whether that's reading a book and then you're meditating on what you've read or whatever that is. So if somebody doesn't have that as a practice in their life, And they're wanting to do some inner connection before, you know, moving in a new direction. How, how do they get started? What, like, maybe people are like, Oh, I can't meditate. I've tried it. Or, you know, I meditate and my monkey brain is going wild. What advice would you give to somebody to, to move in that direction so that they are going inward and tuning into their inner purpose?
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the the compliments and the kind words, uh, and, I am married to a, a world-class meditator and I am the world's crappiest meditator. And I have tried many, I desperately want to be one of those people that meditates and I've spent years of my life trying and it just doesn't work for me. And uh, you know, people that are really big into meditation would give me all sorts of advice as how I can correct that as if I have some sort of deficiency that needs help. but. I, I do have a practice of my own that you know involves my run or my walk at the cemetery every day, and um, you know you and I were on social media together not too long ago, and you liked one of the quotes I shared from Marcus Aurelius, which is remember, uh, think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life now. Take it what is left, and um, and live it on purpose or or, or live it properly, and. That quote has been with me since the seventh grade, and I run very. I there's a story behind why I run at the cemetery, but I go there daily, and I honestly have that in mind. As I, you know, the cemetery is a beautiful place in our town. It's on on a hill overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains and farmlands, and there's you know a Disney Lake deer prancing around and bunnies hopping around and birds flittering about, um, and then there's these these tombstones. And so I, you know, it helps me connect to nature in the cosmological sense of being like interconnected with everything. And a reminder that, you know, this is where we all end up. And any meaning my life has is based on what I, how I think about it and what I do with it in my journey from womb to tomb. And whatever contemplative, practice you can develop to just give some thought to that. Um, I encourage you to, to, to spend a moment of your day. Uh, and and it's easier for those of us that are in our life's third act or the second half of our life because it's a lot closer than it used to be. And that can be fear-inducing for some people. They're like, I you know, I'm running out of time and I don't have it figured out. And, you know, that's why you need to find your belonging because you need to surround yourself with people that are on a similar journey that have similar values that um, will give you the real love that you need to help you lean into your potential and, and possibility you know so whether that's a a mentor a coach a teacher Um, a a band of fellow travelers, or, you know, one of the best ways I know to find the holes in your own um, habits and thinking is to teach other people what you already know, because that will reveal, you know, where the the missing pieces are, the things that need fixing. So it's, uh, and one of the things that I really try to do in my posts are practice this thing I call empathetic antagonism, which is, I give you something, I, I, I try to, to look at something from a different perspective in a counterintuitive way. I try to ask a provocative question so that you will lean into thinking about this thing in a new way for you, in a way that encourages you. Empathetic antagonism is all about holding, a, a creating a, a brave, safe space. For a conversation that will cause you to rethink yourself and your situation and and who you're spending time with and then to do something and you know one of the things that i I giggle at and I say this with love because I've been one of these people that is you know called myself a transformation coach or a mindset coach, and you see that all the time now, and i you know what I came to was, you know what? Every coach, if they're worth anything, ha- is going to deliver mindset and transformation as a side effect of doing the work that you're doing with clients. And, you know, mindset is not, you don't get your mindset right and then do something. You do something and then your mindset changes. So, posture to, mindset doesn't inform posture. Posture informs mindset. And if you do that over and over again, it will inform an attitude that, uh, you know, where you'll experience greater gratitude, generosity, curiosity, courage, conviction, all the things that you need to live a fulfilled, fulfilling life. Um, And so, you know, whatever you need to do to, to, you know, think about things, I call, at Creative on Purpose, we call it living from the inside out, um, and that really comes from the ancient uh, Oracle of Delphi had above the entrance, N- know thyself. That was the first thing you had to do, you yeah. know, and you can't possibly be of service to anybody else fully, and you can't practice compassion and empathy t- for anybody else fully until you can do that for yourself, so... Whatever stories are going in your on in your head, if they are fueling a negative, negative um, ideas about yourself or negative behavior, you know we say it creative on purpose. Choose your story, choose your future. You can. It's literally that simple. Unfortunately, simple is never easy because we love those stories because we know how to operate in that safe place. Even when it's not fueling our happiness and health, we we know where we stand and what's expected. But if you start to expand those stories, tell yourself stories that promote your health and happiness and live into them by doing things, you will become a different person in a very short period of time.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, And you're absolutely right. There's so much fascinating stuff that you just shared. I don't even know where to start, but I really... um, I find it fascinating, your daily run, and just the symbolism of that of, you know, here I am, I'm still alive, and I'm focusing on all of the things that are alive with me, and there's so much aliveness in the world. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, a short amount of time that we have to make an impact, leave a legacy, and do all the things that we want to get done. Mm. And so, um, thank you for sharing that. I know the audience is probably wondering if if you'll share why, <laughs> why you run through the graveyard, but if it's a longer story, we might have to have you come back on and tell that another time.
1: The short version is we we raised our two sons on a farm in the Northern part of the county that we live in. Uh, we lived there for 17 years. It was a wonderful place to, for the boys to grow up. While we were there, I started this running practice um, in my mid forties because I was morbidly obese and I needed to get my health act together. I, I lost 75 pounds in a very short period of time by just starting with a walk to the top of the driveway and back, but eventually it turned into a three to five mile run. I became a person that entered 5Ks and sometimes one in my age group. Um, when we moved to town, I, I couldn't give up my, my run, but I was thrilled. It's like, oh, there's sidewalks here and crosswalks and I'll just, I'll run and it turned out that I was running to the cemetery and back and it turned, was a three mile run. And on the very first day, I went out to take this run that I had scoped out. I was running across a crosswalk and I literally came so close to getting hit by a car that the, the uh, rear view mirror tugged at the fabric of my shirt. And I was, you know, obviously very shaken and I was like, okay, well, maybe if I don't want to end up in the cemetery, I should drive to the cemetery and I'll just run there because there's no, you know, there's, there's nobody speeding around the, the cemetery. It's a, and it turned out to be a beautiful place to run, and it turned into this contemplative practice that is um, just enriched my life so much.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that story, <clears throat> and I uh, I'm glad you did not get hit by the car. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anything else that comes to mind that you think, you know, people should know about you and about how you work with others, particularly? or any advice that you would give people that are ready to start on this path and they really are ready for that breaking open point?
1: Well, you mentioned legacy um, earlier, and I'll just share that the way that we approach that is, you know, we usually think about leaving a legacy in terms of leaving money and monuments behind, you know, uh, that that speak to our greatness or at least speak to the fact that we were here. Um, but at creative on purpose we say live your legacy and you know living your legacy is is focusing on the difference only you can make right now and more people will remember you more kindly and with greater fondness and appreciation for the good that you did while you had the time and the opportunity to do it and it is uh you know we 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 don't really fully understand, you know, this journey that we're on uh, doesn't, it, it has this, you know, what looks like a final destination in terms of uh, being planted in the cemetery at some point, um, but do we really know? I don't know. Um, you know, so what, you know, you, you have, you know, we don't, we control very little in our lives. Uh, we think we're in control and that we're influencing and uh, you know we're the stewards of our experience and the um, captains of our destiny but the fact of the matter is the only thing that you really control is the quality of your thoughts and and the actions that you take with them and the whole point of most of the spiritual and philosophical tests texts of antiquity is the attachment to the rewards will only make you suffer and that it is the intention and the integrity of the journey and and what you're doing as you are navigating through life that will um bring you a greater sense of fulfillment and happiness and at you know the art of encore living we have a, a, a broadcast that i understand you're going to be a guest on very soon i think tomorrow actually and uh and we have a blog that shares plenty of insight and inspiration. We have, you know, very low cost programs that will help you dial in your, your purpose or your calling in a weekend. And of course we have, um, you know, all the way up to high ticket three month programs where we're going to dial in the difference only you can make and turn it into an online business that you can pursue part time uh, and have some fun and fund your retirement at the same time. So just check out the website uh, and take what, what, what works for you, and and leave the rest.
0: I love that, and um, I will link all of the all of the ways to connect with Scott in the show notes, so you can find those at uh, over at elisaconner forward slash podcast, and the links will be below, um, all all the videos and all the things, all the places where this is going to end up. So, a couple last few questions. Um, one thing that when you were talking through legacy, that I hear quite often from people that are kind of moving into this second part of their lives is they'll say to me, well, what if it's too late? And so I'm just wondering if you ever get that question from the people that you work with, like, what if it's too late and I can't make a difference or I can't leave a legacy? What, How would you answer that for them?
1: One of my clients came to me with a terminal, they had just ex- been delivered a terminal diagnosis and had a very short period of time to live um and although they were not um you know in complete you know depression or despair about it they they were obviously deeply um you know deeply feeling you know sad about that and you know we worked together for the last three months of their lives and they expressed towards the end that they had never been happier than they were right now and you know so if someone that is three months away from you know knowing from 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 their ultimate demise can find a way to feel like um they have enhanced the lives of people that they care about i think anybody can you know we again we're creatures um that make sense of ourselves each other and the world through narrative um, you can Whatever story you're telling yourself is going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to believe that it's too late, then it's too late. If you want to believe that um, you can start to take control of yourself and your situation and take a small step into uh, developing your potential and delivering on your promise, you can do that. And you know whether it's with uh, us at the Art of Encore Living or somewhere else, I would encourage you to um, invest, in yourself enough to explore the possibility that maybe you could make even a small difference, uh, you know, beginning right now.
0: I love that, that's a great answer. Okay, my last question for you, and then I'm gonna let you head off and have the rest of your day is, you you often recommend or, I don't know if it's recommend but it's you talk about books that have made a really big difference in your life so if you had to give a recommendation for the one book that has been the most transformative to you and your personal journey to other people what would that book be
1: well when i was really young going i was in the seventh grade um i was a very troubled young man uh for reasons that we don't need to go into but um you know my the, the consensus was little Scotty was headed to juvie or an early grave and uh, my parents took it upon themselves to reach out to a neighbor who um, was a headmaster at a really small private school that they couldn't afford and just said, could, could we work something out? Could you take our son for a tour and could we figure out a way that, you know, he could go there? He needs really needs some help. Headmaster took a liking to me found some money so that I could attend this school, and I went from being one kid in a class of 30 or 35 to being one kid in a classroom of seven that only had two teachers. One of them, Don Kelly, provided me with my first copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, which is a kind of one of the primary texts of Stoic philosophy, which a lot of people have heard about, but is grossly misunderstood. It's a, it's a philosophy from, Ancient Greece and Rome about um, living a very public and flourishing life by concentrating on the development of the content of your character and serving others. And then uh, Scott Didel was, was my English teacher. He, he turned me on to the Bhagavad Gita, which is a book about finding and living into your soul's true calling. And those two books have informed and inspired everything I've ever done through a music career, through a teaching career, through um, a coaching career. And they are the two books that I recommend most often.
0: Awesome, and I will hunt those down and put the links for those in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you. Do you want to let everybody know the best place to reach you? Is it your website? Is it social media? Where Where is the best place to go hang out with you and get to know you better?
1: I'm reasonably easy to find online, So, but Creative On Purpose is, is uh, where you can go to, to connect with me by email. If you go, go there, there's a, a free Art of Encore Living quick start guide that will help you dial in the difference only you can make and give you some ideas for how you might build that into an online business. Um, and there's a, even an opportunity to jump on a 50-minute call with me to share a little bit about where you are, where you want to be. and. Uh, I'll help you as best I can find a find a path to get you there as quickly as possible.
0: That's so awesome. Okay, well, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate you being here. And oh. we uh, look forward to possibly having you back. And if not, we'll catch up with you on social media.
1: Well, I love the work that you're doing, the difference that you're making, Alisa. It's been a privilege to spend this time with you. And I know that we will be spending some more time together.
0: So there you have it. I really enjoyed this interview with Scott Perry. I hope you get some great takeaways. There was so much goodness in this interview. Um, And I hope it's things that you take and move forward with that you apply to your everyday life. As Scott said, you can take little steps each and every day and it's going to lead to big results. So don't forget to not stay broken, but instead of break open so that you can become who it is that you are destined to be and the legacy that you are destined to leave. And also, um, everything that you do, every step that you take is improving the life of somebody else. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to head over to iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast listening host and leave me a review. If you found it valuable and what the interview Scott and I spoke about, I would love for you to share it with a friend as well. In the meantime, I hope you take care, stay safe and that you, um, continue to be well, and I will see you next week. And in the coming weeks, I have multiple interviews coming to offer you some more insight on not only growing your business, but growing your mindset and tuning into the other important aspects of becoming successful in your second act. Take care. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes. No worries. We've taken all the notes for you, all the resources links, And information in this episode you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast.